Hi friends, Gerald Law here. Welcome to the Love Lake Norman podcast. Love Lake Norman is a church in Cornelius, North Carolina, whose mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. You're about to hear a message that will be helpful and hopeful. Our goal is to encourage you to take the next step in your faith. Wherever you are, we want you to know that God has a plan and a purpose for you. Thanks for spending time with us today. We hope you enjoy this message. Welcome, friends, to week four of the Success Trap series. At our church on Sunday, we're having Coach Matt Doherty live and in person. He's the former head coach of the UNC Tar Heels. He was AP Coach of the Year in 2001. He's going to sit down for an interview about this series and moving from success to significance and what that looked like in his life and what it can look like for ours. So uh, I grew up playing basketball, loving basketball, watching a lot of ACC basketball on TV. One of my favorite basketball memories was getting to go to the 1993 NCAA Final Four when I was at school in Chapel Hill and the Tar Heels were in it and they went on to win. And a group of my friends and I, college friends and I, grabbed tickets and we made the drive to New Orleans and it was amazing. And as silly as it sounds now, it wasn't just that we wanted to go, we felt like we needed to go, like we needed to be there. We knew something significant was going to happen and we didn't want to miss it. And I tell that story of being there at that game pretty often. I bet like hundreds and hundreds of times over the years, it felt significant. It felt like I was at something that was significant. It felt like I was a a part of something significant, even though the reality was, and and, uh, I'm I'm sure that Coach Darty's going to point this out to me at some point, I, I did nothing to help Carolina win that game. I didn't make a shot. I didn't call a play. I didn't rebound the ball. I didn't fire a pass off or any of those things. I was just a a fan. I painted my chest, I put a rubber basketball on my nose, and I cheered my Carolina Blue rear end off, but that was about it. Deeply embedded within each of us is a desire to be significant, a desire to to do something meaningful with our lives. We want to make sure that our lives count. We don't want to wake up when we're at the end of everything and go, what did I just do? What did I just do with my life? That's what this series has been all about, called The Success Trap. We, we tend to think that it's in the struggles, it's in the failures, it's in the hard times, that, that those are the, the things that keep us from living lives of significance, but really it can be the opposite that's true. It, it sounds counterintuitive, but this is just true. Success can be the thing that keeps us from significance if we're not careful. Because when you're successful in relationships, in school, in family, in your career, here's what you start to do. Here's what I start to do. Your thinking begins to drift from God helped me do this to I helped me do this. Uh, recently, my son Luke went to the eye doctor and out of, out of my three kids, he's the only one who got my eyes and they are bad, like really bad. And I'm, I'm really sorry, Luke, that uh, you can blame that one for sure on me. So he sat in the chair. I was in there with him in, in a dark room. This guy gets right up in his face, which is really kind of weird. And, and they put on these giant black glasses in front of him. And, and really, it's amazing that the technology hasn't improved in the last 
30 years, but it, but it hasn't. And they, they make him look at tiny letters on the wall and they ask him, which one's better, one or two? two or three, three or four, four or five, and they're flipping these things. And I'm always like, I, I, I don't know. They look the same sometimes. And it's like the old comedian Brian Regan uh, bit where the, the, the doctor is like, well, why would I waste your time and mine by making them look the same? But at any rate, what the good doctor is trying to do is to get you to see better, to see, to see farther. He wants our vision to be better, to see more around us than what's simply right in, in front of us. And it's pretty, it's pretty cool. When I put these contact lenses in my eyes, I can actually see. Science is an amazing thing. Jesus was always trying to get people to see more clearly, to see further, to see beyond themselves, beyond just being successful for yourself and, and making no visible impact on the world around you. He was like, I, I need you to see this world differently. I need you to, to see how I see it. I, you say you want to live a life of significance. Well, let me tell you how. And sometimes even those who follow Jesus the closest don't quite get it. So one day, two of Jesus' closest followers, there were two brothers named James and John. They, they came to him and they had something on their minds. And here's what they said. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Now, your kids ever do that to you? No, probably not because they're too smart to be that direct. They're thinking that I want you to do something for me. They're just not saying it out loud all the time. James and John say the quiet stuff out loud. And Jesus, warning lights, you know, red flags, roving spotlights are probably going off in Jesus' mind, but he stays calm. And he says, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Like, you can imagine whatever tone you want with that question that Jesus had. Maybe it's sincere. Maybe it was with an eye roll. Maybe he was totally exasperated. Well, they replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. In other words, give us the prime seats. Put us in the spotlight. Let us sit at your right and at your Left and, and, and our first thought to that is the audacity, right? The audacity of a question like that. But again, they're just saying the quiet stuff out loud for us because that's kind of the default attitude for all of us, isn't it, when it comes to life? Think about your, your prayer life with me for a minute. I think about my prayer life. Sometimes for me, it amounts to, hey, God, make me successful. Hey, God, help me come through on this test. Hey, God pave the way for me. Hey God, make me great. Uh, yeah, these guys are just saying out loud the things that we think pretty often. And so Jesus responds with this. You don't know what you are asking, Jesus said. You don't know what you're asking. What, what a great, great answer. You don't know what you're asking. I think there is so much wrapped up in that statement that Jesus makes, and I think he's giving them the benefit of the doubt in a way, because when they asked their question out loud, it just sounded crazy. It kind of sounds like a crazy question, doesn't it? And Jesus is like, you really don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're asking. Your request doesn't mean what you think it means. And he's, he's getting at something here that he's about to dig in 
on with all of them. You, you don't really understand what it means yet to be my followers. You don't see it yet. You haven't put those, those lenses on your eyes quite yet to see what this is all about. And so Jesus asks them, basically, are you ready to go all the way with me? Are you ready to suffer with and, and, and for me? And, and they say yes. And he still knows that they don't really know what they're, what they're asking. And he ends up saying, I, I can't give you what you ask for. I can't do that. Those are not places for even me to give away. And, and the disciples catch wind. They, they hear what James and John have asked for, and they get mad at James and John. And so Jesus, sensing a teachable moment, he, he, he calls them in, he pulls them together like a great coach, and he brings them around him. And he says, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is how the world works. He's saying by authority and power and control. That's how it works at your work, where employees are motivated by financial rewards, right? You do well, you get a better reward. In, in the military, soldiers are, are motivated by authority and the rule of, of, of the chain of command. You have no rules and procedures. You have no military. Our government and our politicians are motivated by power. And Jesus is saying, that's how the world works. That's how it is. Authority, power, control, dominance, asserting my will over yours, beating you to the finish line, making sure I've got mine regardless of whether you got anything or not. And you know what Jesus says to that four of the most powerful words in the Bible? Not so with you. Say that wherever you are right now. Say that out loud. Not so with you. Not so with you. He saw in James and John the same thing that he saw in the world, and he was trying to stamp that out, this desire for power and authority. Maybe the other disciples got mad about them asking because secretly they wanted those positions for themselves, but they were too, you know, humble to ask. And Jesus says, not so with you. If the church is organized on the basis of power and authority and control, how is it any different than anything else that we have? There's a better way. And, and this is what Jesus is getting at. This is the pathway from success to significance. This is the road. You want to be significant? Be the one who gives your life away. You want to be important? Do you want to be important? Put on a servant's towel over your arm and serve somebody. You want to uh, have something for your life? You want, Give your life away. You want your life to mean something? Commit yourself to be in the service of other people. It's counterintuitive for us to do that. But Jesus is saying, you want to find your life? You really want to find your life? Lose your life for my sake. And you'll actually find it then serving is the key to significance serving is the key to significance and i'm and i'm a living breathing example of how this has been proven to be true over and over again in my own life jesus is like 
All of y'all want notoriety and none of you truly deserve it. I'm the only one who deserves it, but I'm turning my back on it because there's a better way to live. And, and, and here's how I've seen this work in, in, in my own life. If I just take care of me, I don't have any room in my life left to help take care of you or anyone else around me. But if I take care of you, if I put the needs of others around me above my own, you know what happens? They do the same thing for me. And, and, and I'm cared for in ways that I could never have accomplished on my own. And, and I didn't even have to, have to do it on my own, which is, after all, the beauty of the church being the church. And Jesus is saying, in the world's economy, okay, it's about power, control, and what I can get first. But God has an economy too. God has an economy too. And, and, and in his world, in his economy, when I give, when I serve, I receive back a thousand times over. In his economy, in his economy, serving is the key to significance. And so in this church, we're gonna get shoulder to shoulder together. And, and not just with one another, not just with each other, but with the broken, with the struggling, with people in, in, in our world, in our community who, who need help. And what's going to happen is that as you serve someone else, what will return to you will be so much more than you could ever have imagined. And so my challenge today is to step in, to lean in with us, to don't fall into the trap of success. H have an answer for the question, what will you do when it all goes away? Don't let the, the pursuit of wealth get such a grip on you that you can't see the mission Jesus is inviting you on. And let it be what it's supposed to be, a powerful tool, this, this wealth that we all have, that God wants to use to impact people through you. Begin to give sacrificially because that means you're trusting God with the rest of what you have. And dig into this thing with us. Come and, and, and die to yourself with us. Because when you come to Jesus, offering your whole self, and giving yourself away for his sake, it's then and only then that you'll find true significance. Not so with you, Jesus says. Not so with you, and may that be true of us. Let's pray. God, you came not to be served, but to serve, and that is the example you're the person that we want to follow, God. And as we step into relationship with you, and, and my prayer is that for those who have not begun a relationship with you, that they would reach out to you right now and simply say, I need you to make this life work. I want to begin a relationship with you, and I confess my sin and my rebellion to you. And as we step in your footsteps, God, that we would be led down this path um, of, of true significance, of true greatness, where we put ourselves at the end of the line and put others first, because you did that for us. I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening. You can find out more about Love Lake Norman at lovelkn.org. 
If you live in our area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday. If you're not near our church, we want to encourage you to find a life-giving church to be a part of where you live. That will be a key next step on your spiritual journey. Please take a minute, subscribe to this podcast, and keep up to date with our weekly messages. And thanks again for joining the Love Lake Norman podcast.